0: Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. We appreciate you being with us. And as always, you can download this on the normal DA Show podcast feed or its own podcast feed. So just simply go to your favorite podcast platform, whatever that might be, and search the DA Show or Permission Granted. Subscribe, rate, and review. That will help others find our podcast when they search for it. And we appreciate your downloading and your patronage, and your listenership. Now, Mraz joins me, and today we debuted a new segment called Meat on the Bone. And this is where Mraz, using all of his sights and sounds, and his detective eye, and his his magnifying glass as a detective on the, the beat of Peter Schwartz, brings to us the latest from Schwartz's social media feeds. <laughs> we've been kind of doing this without much structure over the years, but now we've decided to really... Put it into into form, and uh, what what's going to be your angle when we do have? How frequently should we do it? You know, what's going to be your your ideas well, behind meat on the bone? I think that a good once a week
1: check in is there because I you don't. Here's the thing: there is content every single day, and I, I don't mean this in hyperbole. There is literally content coming out of that Schwartz Twitter or Facebook account every single day. But a lot of it, unfortunately, as we could tell, could get very repetitive. There's a lot of the same storylines that come out of there. Schwartz kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, a a network drama writer (laughs) who signs on for eight seasons, and really he could wrap the storyline up in four or five seasons. It's a lot of stuff that gets dragged out. So I think once a week, checking in, poking fun is probably perfect, and... Really my angle is pretty simple. I'm I can't I don't go searching for Schwartz tweets. They kind of find me. Yeah. And anytime I'm on Twitter I could tell you within ten tweets I'm gonna see him tweeting something, and it's either something that's gonna grab my eye or something that's gonna make me click on his page and say, Hey, what did I miss here? <laughs> or people have sent me them. So I think just by sheerly being me and being on Twitter every once in a while, the content is gonna speak for itself. I'll be able to bookmark stuff real easy and Really, before we were even doing Meet on the Bone DA, you know just from back chatting, I've had my own hard opinions and own twists (laughs) of how to dissect what's really going on in the tweets. So I hate to sound cocky, but I feel like this segment's just going to come very naturally here.
0: It probably will because, again, we've incorporated much of this throughout the show's history anyway. Schwartz was our update anchor in the overnight years, 2013 and 2014, and since has done part-time work doing updates for other shows, other shifts, our network, other places. And so he's just kind of always around our workplace, but we haven't actually worked with him full time in six years or so, seven years. But because of his social media feed, it feels like we, we're we with him every single day because <laughs> not only does he tweet incessantly and post incessantly, but he tweets and posts about mundane life events. Yes. So it's not like it's just takes from Pete. It's like, you feel like you're living next door to Pete, and you're working with Pete, because I mean everything is shared. Like e- almost every day, we know where he ordered out takeout from. We knew right. every dish that he had served or his his wife had served in for Super Bowl. We know every practice of both of his sons because he will always post about the practices and about the games. We know the outcome of every Islanders game and what he's doing during the Islanders game. We will know every time he goes to a minor league baseball game. We will know every game he attends. We will know even his thoughts on things that he doesn't like. Like he doesn't care about the outcome of the Super Bowl. He's only interested in the commercial. So we will know those kind of inner thoughts. So it's weird, even though I probably have only seen Pete physically in person let's say five times in four years, (laughs) I feel like I'm next to him every single day. Isn't that weird?
1: It is weird. See, and I think I brought this up last week on the PGP was on the phone that I actually had to deal with a barrage of Pete texts because his tweets become texts if you see something that interests you. And I guess the best way I could describe Pete, let's just say you're actually new to the show and new to the PGP and you haven't been following this Pete storyline. Pete, in many ways, is a storyline version or a social media version of a sitcom. He, You know all the players. You know the kids because he doesn't hide them. He makes them very well known. You know the wife. You know the people he frequently tags on social media. And you know, basically, it's an everyday laugh track of what's going on in life. An injury here. A bad diet here. Some kind of complaint about a restaurant here. It's it's truly unbelievable. He is perfect for, if there's nothing on TV, just click on his Twitter once a week, scroll through, and next thing you know, there'll be a half an hour that's gone by, and the laugh track's gone by in your brain. He is social media sitcom.
0: And he is, he. Ha, there's no embarrassment for Pete. There's nothing no. he can share that he feels like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have shared that, or maybe I'm going to be made fun of that. There's nothing. He is totally shameless. Now, it's weird because when we poke fun at him, he will get bent out of shape, especially when our listeners will reach out to him on social media. But he somehow doesn't put two and two together. Like, the reason that we poke fun at you is because of all the mundane things you share on social media. If you just stop that, we would stop poking fun at you. If you keep doing it, which very few people do, it's obviously going to be fodder. I don't know if he understands that. He, well, I don't think he understands that that equation, and that's why this segment will work. Yeah, well, see, that's
1: the thing. He doesn't understand that because in his mind, he still hasn't gotten it after years. Like in his mind, he thinks that people really care about his frozen frozen fruit sp- uh, food spread at the Super Bowl. He thinks. That people really care about what age his kid was when he told me he was going to play on a football field that anybody could play at. He thinks that anybody cares what color his bagel is that he orders on a Saturday morning when he tweets it out. People have enabled Pete in many ways By the likes he gets on social media, and now I think it's almost become wink-wink that people are either doing it because they feel bad or doing it as a joke that they're laughing at him, but he thinks people are really craving this content, so he doesn't understand when he gets made fun of for it what the joke is, because to him, there's nothing wrong with what he's doing and nothing funny about it.
0: And it'd be really weird to live in a world where you didn't understand why people were poking fun at you if they did it constantly about something that you do that nobody else does and they keep bringing it to your attention. I mean, we've had him as a guest on the PGP to yes. discuss the foul ball stuff where he will go to you know, minor league games and collect all of the foul balls or if he goes to a practice and a stray puck hits his foot, he will take that <laughs> puck home and tweet about it. And everything in his life is shared on social media and people will make fun of it. And he just doesn't understand that you're the only one doing this, Pete. You're the only one begging yeah. for tickets on Twitter when you work in sports media. You're the only guy, you know, begging for free pancakes from IHOP because, you know, your your pancakes are 30 minutes late. But, you know, other people that are doing it, like, I just... I don't know. It's it's hard to explain well, just what type of world he lives in. But that's what ma- that will make yeah, this segment great.
1: What makes this segment great, and, and it's one of the, the – at the core of everything that Pete tweets, we'll always come back to the food stuff that we we'll always have fun with because for some reason – the only conceivable reason is that in the back of his mind, it's a long play to get discounts and stuff. But we don't need every other night – and I'm saying this basically at best. Sometimes it's every night – Wherever he ordered food from, you get the picture of what he ordered Da, yeah, you've t- you've talked about on treasures a long time ago, people talking about oh, I cooked this, I cooked that. Let me send out the picture and you get tired of that on Instagram. He's sending out basically boneless wings from Applebee's on a picture like he's ordered the most insanely crazy new thing that we should see or be jealous of. And it's every other night you get something like this, which just opens himself up to more criticism. It is fascinating. It's a great storyline. It's an easy segment to do, as you said, because we know all the players involved. We know w- which route he's going. There's a lot of meat on the bone for meat on the bone.
0: There's a lot of meat on the bone, which is the perfect label for this. I don't even know how he came up with that name yesterday, but just meat on the bone seemed to work so well. <laughs> so now that's the segment. So, do you think we're going to get clearance here for these Winthrop basketball calls? On Tuesday's show, we discussed this. Every single year, Westwood One has a a rights contract for all of the radio play-by-play of the NCAA tournament. Of course, local schools can still do their own radio play-by-play for their fan bases, but we are not supposed to use those clips because we are a Westwood One partner. We have to use the national radio clips, and they're obviously not as colorful as your local radio guys. And so Super Dave has become a huge part of our show. He's doing show drops and tacos and better bring your raincoat and have fun with your marriage. And he's probably going to drop at least one of those during a Winthrop NCAA tournament game. And if we don't play that on the air, you know, I'll be sick to my stomach. So how do you think I should best approach getting clearance from Westwood One on this?
1: Well, we've already got an email from one of our bosses who – I mean, basically just telling us he thinks this would be epic and explaining to the other bosses how this would work. I, I would say this. If we're going on the assumption that people are sensible, which maybe is a wild assumption. Look, having one program and one team have their local calls played, not because we really cared about the actual highlight, like some open three where he mentions he likes stuffing, but because it is an ode to the show. It is part of the show. We can't ignore that and can't not play it. And I guess if you're being sensible about that, you should be allowed to play that with the understanding of that's not like that's the only NCAA calls you're going to hear. I mean, Bogus is going to load them up in March during all of his updates, and I'm sure we will have plenty of cold opens during March Madness, and the sound will keep coming where we play above and beyond probably more than most other shows on CBS Sports Radio, the amount of sound coming from Westwood One's NCAA games. I mean, we probably will play more sound than most other shows because that's the kind of show we are. So if we're going to do that and play so much sound, I think we should be allowed a little leash and a little leeway to play local sound that directly correlates with our show. I think that's a sensible approach and just a understand that we're not going to black out Westwood One's calls no in fact we'll probably play more than other shows with
0: the other calls as well so maybe that's my my negotiating leverage that we promise to play plenty of Westwood One calls maybe we even offer like a five to one I'll play five Westwood One calls to every Winthrop Super Dave call
1: I think that's I think that would be the best way to approach it now I'll tell you where we're gonna get into a little bit of a pickle in my opinion. We'll probably get away with this in the early rounds. If if Winthrop gets to a Final Four, that to me is we're going to be butting heads because we'll only have basically three NCAA tournament games. Left. Winthrop went on some crazy run, went to a Final Four, and dare I even said a national championship game, and we the calls will probably only get crazier from super Dave at that point as he's getting more noticed and we get more TA show calls out of it all (laughs) while there's less inventory to play any other highlights from Westwood one. I think that is a scenario where something might have to give between us and management.
0: Maybe I can offer, Hey, for every Winthrop super Dave call we'll play the Westwood one call as well.
1: That's not a bad idea either. That's not a bad idea either. Now, really, what what could really make this work, and it would never happen, is Westwood would want to take whatever announcers are on the Winthrop calls and giving them the TA show drops, too, when we just play <laughs> Who Did It Better. That's best-case scenario.
0: Kevin Kugler dropping, a, if you're not making tacos, I don't love you no more, would really make the show quite complete.
1: <laughs> I'd love it. I'm all in. <laughs>
0: Also, Cap already whipped up a Father Friedman meme. The Wizard of Watch DA is unbelievable on Photoshop, and we were joking today that if Loyola Chicago has Sister Jean, Winthrop should have Father Friedman. He put put Friedman's head on Sister Jean's body and has him holding a taco.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. How does he do it so quick?
0: He also, for for meat on the bone, whipped up a quick meme of you as a private eye, as a detective, and you jotting down notes in a trench coat about Schwartz as Schwartz stands behind a podium with the Twitter symbol on it.
1: Yeah, and I think, I could be wrong, the background he gave here was like something archaeological for like a tip of the hat to meet on the bone, I think. I could be wrong. But again, how does he come up with it so quick? How does he figure it out? It's unbelievable. And by the way, purely for our enjoyment, too. It's not like he sent it to us for any listeners to even see them. He could care less if the listeners see them. Nope,
0: it's just for us during show breaks to laugh, (laughs) which is why he put you vacuuming up your egg scramble on the simulcast today on the cameras because he was just delighted by how funny that was and so you come back from break and realize wow everything that i just ate happened on camera for everybody
1: yeah well first of all vacuuming up is a real disgusting way to put it but what happens too on my end is I have, like, the Zoom minimized when we go to break, if you will. So, you know, I might have Twitter up or whatever I'm reading during break as I'm inhaling food if I even have time to read. And then when you click the Zoom back up and you see that it's just people laughing at you and I got egg yolk all over my face, that to me is a problem. But I guess if you're cap and you're in that chair, it's my fault for leaving my camera on and any content in between commercial breaks. If it fills not playing a nomad once, maybe that works for him.
0: Well, I think it did. And I think that you're going to see that video pop up during commercial breaks for a long time. (laughs) I think Cap (laughs) just got his what we call B-roll in the business, which is like silent video that you roll over other things. I think he got his B-roll for a long time with you eating that scramble.
1: and, And, D.A., you don't understand. The break before, I had to toast my toast. I had to microwave the egg scramble I made the night before. I had to butter it, jelly it, I had to put my seasoning on my eggs. I had to do everything within like a three minute process to get up and down the stairs. And I had to cook it a little extra and make sure it stayed hot through a fifteen minute segment. <laughs> then I knew it was gonna be cooling but still hot enough for me to eat. That's why I was in such a rush to get it down because it had already been sitting there from a previous cooked break. So <laughs> I was in total you gotta to get this down quick, man, or you're gonna have wasted all this time making breakfast and it's not gonna end well. And for that to have all been caught on camera was just it was a rough look from the public's eye, but I feel like I <laughs> <laughs>
0: just the can i tell you that i think we are out of the worst of the winter i think you actually took the most perfectly timed break ever i try to do this in spring training in march i will not be doing it this year unfortunately but usually i take my week in march or actually it's more like a four-day weekend you took it at the end of february yeah. first day of actually you were back before march first and when you come back it's been high 40s mid 40s little drizzle snow is melting today is sunny 40 degree weather the rest of the week one day is going to hit 50 it looks like yeah i think you hit it i think you came back and we're out of the out of the woods of the winter
1: i am stoked and i am excited and i know this really goes for people probably in the northeast i don't know what you're dealing with in minnesota wisconsin it might be a little colder. The longer you go there, but at least where we are, D.A., remember, we were talking about me having to get out the day early because we're getting another snowstorm, which, as it stands, might be the last real blast of snow we get, hopefully, knock on wood. But I left, and the first day we were in Florida, you know, through the ring camera you might own uh, in any one of your houses for anybody listening, I could just see outside, and we already had snow that wasn't melting for, like, three weeks. Now, this was snow on top of it, and it just looked dreary, and it kind of—I assumed that I was going to see that snow till the end of March. By the time I came home, most of it had melted. There were a few mounds. And I can tell you by the time I woke up this morning after it rained all day yesterday, I am snow-free on my property. There is not a drop of snow left. I know you have a little more upstate. I cannot believe on March 2nd I'm snow-free. I had some wicked winds overnight. It's a little cold here as we're doing the meteorology segment here of the PGP. But as you said, 50 degrees, high 40s. The 10-day to 14-day forecast, as I look ahead, doesn't look like we're going to touch anywhere in the 30s again. And by the time you get to, you know, the 20-somethings of March, yes, every once in a while you get that last blast of snow or something like that. But I really believe, like, the weather gods have to look at us, at least in the Northeast, and say, we gave you way more than you bargained for in February. There's no need for that last week of March, early April freak snowstorm. I think you're right. I think that we're turning a page here And we're creeping towards spring and the shovels could be put away very soon.
0: And the reason that I bring this up is because I think it's going to equate to a very excitable, enthusiastic, energetic D.A. show because we normally bring energy. We try every single day to make sure to to have good spirits, but. It's only natural when we can start feeling like we got out of the throes of this really difficult winter that it's going to get ratcheted up a notch. And I think with March Madness coming back for the first time in two years and the weather turning good for us here in the Northeast, I think the DA show is in for a lot of kookiness and craziness over the next couple of of weeks and months.
1: Yeah, I do think mentally we will be way sharper and way happier if after a show we could go outside and, I don't know, take a walk and not have our nose feel like it's going to fall off because it's freezing. I, last year when the pandemic started, one of the only things I could do was get out, walk my daughter, walk the dog, and it felt just so refreshing mentally and all of that. I can't wait for a little spring where I could just get out and about, clear the head, watch a little college basketball, know the tournament's not canceled. I think mentally – Whew, we are going to be way sharper than we were. Maybe that actually is less kooky, though, if we're way sharper and way happier, but I hope not.
0: It's going to be good. I think we're in for a really good couple of weeks here, and I am really excited about March Madness being back in NCAA tournament games and bracket busting and all of that. I'll leave you with this. I am now two episodes into Season 2 of Breaking Bad, Whoa. and somehow it keeps getting better. And I remember you saying this when you first suggested that I – I watch it. You don't have to binge it. Take your time. And I am now at the point where I am trying to savor each episode and not just like have it on to have it on. I'm like, when I'm watching it, I need to be all in. I need to have my full 45 minutes to an hour to sit and focus and watch because it is so magnetic. It is so... uh, It's hard to pull yourself away That I don't want any distractions. I don't want to like half watch or be thinking about work or, you know, we got to go somewhere and stop it. So I'm going to pick it up after we come back. No, I, I need that block because it's extraordinary. And it's gotten better somehow from the first five episodes when we spoke last where I was like, this show is unbelievable. Now through, I guess, seven episodes, first season, two episodes and through nine episodes. Every episode just somehow continues to get better. So my goodness, you have forced me to stumble upon (laughs) true entertainment greatness, and I'm glad you pushed me here.
1: I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad that you're savoring it because, as I said, there are times that I've caught myself, and you know me, couch potato mode, where I'm watching a great show like that. I even did it with Breaking Bad where all of a sudden I'm you know, three episodes in in one sitting, and just naturally you can't focus for that long. You're going to have to get up, walk around. This is a show that needs your attention, a show that you really can enjoy if you do one to two episodes at a time, salivate. As I said, the one thing I I will preach till the cows come home when people compare Breaking Bad to other shows, I think that obviously I have a couple others that rank ahead of it, but I think Breaking Bad has had the best cliffhangers of any show Episode to episode, you can't wait to see what happens next because of the way they ended episodes. So that makes it very difficult to put it down and walk away, if you will. It's almost like being up as a gambler and being able to walk away from the table. The fact that you're doing that and salivating it, it'll be well worth the ride at the end.
0: I mean, and the way that Breaking Bad set up the future of the episode or where the story arc is going to go with a brief scene without context to begin the episodes is like, whoa you see you know you you see walter walk out of tuco's you know uh, hangout and the place explode or whatever and you're like what the hell just happened i can't wait to see how this unfolds yeah. and it's just a brilliant tactic what? in storytelling
1: It it is, and I'm glad you bring it up because you started Season 2, and I won't give anything away because you have to go through your 13 episodes of Season 2. But the way Season 2 begins, where I think there might be a teddy bear floating in the pool, and you could just see it looks like apocalyptic. apocalyptic, Yep,
0: and the eyeball goes into the filter.
1: Yep, yep, yep. You have that whole scene. You wait all season to see what happened here. What does that mean? And I think the payoff at the end of season two is as good a payoff for a beginning of the season arc of any show in television history. I love season two of Breaking Bad because of that.
0: It's extraordinary. It is one of – I'm only nine episodes in it. It is one of the most incredible pieces of pop culture I've ever consumed. So you guys were very right on this. Now, it's going to be hard to live up to this after I'm done with this. If you guys tell me to go, you know, watch (laughs) – What was that, Hubie Halloween again? I'm going to say I'm going to call BS on you.
1: Well, to be fair, once you get through this, I don't think we can convince you to watch another show for another four years, so I think we'll sit (laughs) back, wait, let you get back. Maybe you'll start watching some 2,000 Ravens documentaries (laughs) or something like that, and then we'll catch on another show in a couple of years.
0: It should be noted, the first weekend without football, two weekends ago, I guess, I was sitting around with a friend of mine, and I'm like, what do you want to watch? There's no football on. So I popped on America's game, the 1985 Bears, the final two of games. Course of, of course you did. I was like, just did. watch this montage for the 85 Bears defense. It's so good. And look, having a few beers and watching old NFL films is still great. Even if there's no uh, live football, it's the second best thing. Of course you did.
1: It's ridiculous. Yeah, I caught the Christian a, a football life again, and even I had to turn it off at the 45 minutes because I've seen it 15 times.
0: Let me tell you, I don't know if you've seen this. I somehow missed this entire series by NFL Films, but I'm getting back into it now before the draft.
1: Caught in the Draft? Have you ever seen these? I haven't. Don't even know. Is that on NFL Network or ESPN?
0: I'm just watching them on YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. Okay. It's called Caught in the Draft, and it, For one hour, they document and go through the story of that year's draft. So they did 1985, 1994, 1995, I think 2003, 1975. I think there's five episodes or so of it. It's tremendous because they go through the stories of who made trades, why they made trades, how different prospects ranked, busts who came out of nowhere Oh, all this type of stuff it's really fascinating and it's done by nfl Films, so it's perfect before the draft
1: now i might have seen one did they do the one with the roethlisberger the eli rivers or was that something else i I
0: think they did oh four i haven't seen that episode yet i've seen 85 94 95 so i'm not up to that one yet but i do think they do that that year
1: I might have caught that and not realized what it was and thought it was just a special for that year. But yeah. now that you told me these are on YouTube, I know what I could blow through cardio when I'm working out watching now. I'm in.
0: It's great. And, you know, they do, like, the year where, um, you know, all these, like, crazy decisions at the top of the draft. They They do the year where the Bengals take Big Daddy Wilkinson number one <laughs> overall. And they go into, like, why he was a huge bust. They go into the year where, remember Mel Kuyper got into it about the Colts and said this is why the Indianapolis Colts are the biggest laughingstock in football. They go into the year where Kyle Brady's taken to the first round, top 10 by the Jets, and Jets fans melt down back when it was always at Radio City Music Hall. Including Schwartz, by the way. Including Schwartz. You have the Kyle Brady choice. Um, It's just great. It's It's just so great, especially getting into the draft. So, yeah, check it out. I love it. Okay, well, that is side A. We got Bogues
1: coming up on side B? Yeah, we got Bogues on side B. I have to discuss with Bogues. We still haven't gotten into Brady freaking mentioning me in the thing because we still haven't spoken on that. I want to talk to Bogues a little bit of that coming up.
0: Yeah, do that because me and Bogues spent about an hour talking about it on the first day that you had left, and that meant that your mom and your dad were not happy with how we addressed it (laughs) without you there to defend it. So you got to get, yeah, Bogues' take on all of that.
1: I love it. We will have that coming up next here on Side B.
0: Okay, excellent. Here it comes, Side B.
1: howdy it do do It's Side B of the PGP. It is, Merez. <sighs> yeah, on the mic for Side B of the PGP this week after last week a little phoner with DA from the beaches of St. Pete, which I do miss dearly, although as we just spoke about Side A, spring seems to be sprunging here throughout the Northeast, and I am joined once again, the warmth, the comfort, the warm bosom that is Andrew Bogish's velvet voice. Bogish, hello, how are you?
2: Yes, from my bosom to you, uh, it's good to hear you again, although I do, I, I kind of want to go to bat for you, and it didn't, I should have done a 2DA last week, so I apologize, I guess, but whose idea was it to make you do <laughs> any part of this podcast last week while you were on vacation? Were you forced into that?
1: Well... Okay, we'll go. We'll peel back the curtain here. I guess I will tread this as carefully as possible. I didn't think we were going. No, no, yet. no.
2: Don't hold back. No, you no, let no, it. No. You, this is a place for you to clear your chest. Just let it go.
1: No, no. I, I, I am not <laughs> angry at all that I had to participate in the PGP. I assumed that uh, I was not going to be a part of the PGP, but that's fine. I, I got a text from Pete on Monday saying, hey, DA wants to get you on the phone to do the PGP, tomorrow being Tuesday, the day we usually tape the PGP. Now, the problem is we tape this, for those wondering, after the show in the 10 a.m. Eastern hour. So we spend that one hour after the show every Tuesday taping it. However, our checkout time at the hotel we were having was around 10 a.m. because we were going to be leaving Port Charlotte to go up to St. Pete on Tuesday. And... 10 a.m. is usually right in the wheelhouse for my daughter nap, So my, my wife really wanted to make sure we were on the road because it's about a 45-minute drive to make that be my daughter's nap. Because you know bogus when you have young kids. You don't get those naps in. They are absolute beasts and could ruin days. Yep. So I knew I was going to have to be driving up. And I just I was going to be unavailable to do the PGP on Tuesday. So I told Pete that. I said, hey, I'm not going to be around. I'm sorry. You just have to let the A know, like, I can't do it. He came back at me about a half an hour later. All right, we're going to do the PGP on Wednesday. I said, all right, I think I might have said something like, Wednesday, sure, Wednesday works better. And I knew I was going to be at a resort, so in reality, me on the beach, the pool, even if that's around the same time my daughter's napping again, is it going to be that big a deal for me to do it? It won't. The problem then became bogish that on Wednesday, uh, my wife wanted, was uh, whatever reason, was really craving avocado toast. It's, it's a thing she likes. She wanted to have a nice beachfront brunch, if you will. So to do this, there's a limited capacity resort to resort at St. Pete. She had to make reservations, and she made them for hoping my daughter would nap in the stroller for the 10 o'clock hour. So I had to explain to her because I didn't previously tell her that I was going to be taping a PGP with DA. Boy, she was Mm -hmm. not a happy camper. You're on vacation. Can't you just when you're off? Can you just have a week off? So. In the end, I stepped away from the table. I got it. My food was there when I came back. It wasn't that big a deal, but yes, it, uh, DA wanted to have me on, and I look, I'm a team player. I came on. It wasn't like I was out of the country. I was in Florida. I was in a resort. I had my phone. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but certainly the timing was a little tricky in keeping everybody I was on vacation with happy, if you will.
2: And now to think of it, I think I definitely was part of a podcast. I don't know if we did an entire episode of it, but I definitely called in poolside when I was in Mexico last right. February. So I guess You're, there was well, a history that, of us.
1: That was also your idea. You were texting that you were pretty buzzed up. Too. Let's do a PGP. Yeah. This was not my idea. But again, I am not actually complaining because is the heavy lifting really me answering the phone? No, I would say it was more of an annoyance to my wife uh, and I just thought that you guys wouldn't have done it Tuesday when I was driving, which I just couldn't have done it. But we did it on Wednesday, and it, it was totally fine. Um, so contrary to popular belief, I want all of these things archived and on the record here. So when at the end of the year, when we get, when inevitably we get the Mraz's lazy rant coming from Lombardi DA there, let's remember, on vacation, I did step away. I did do a PGP. And also, I worked on vacation as well, very briefly, while out to dinner one night. DA texted me because we had run the contest through Netflix where we were handing out gift cards and stuff like that that he was doing through his Instagram. He wanted me to reach out to the winners. I did that literally to step away from the dinner table to reach out to a couple contestants while on vacation as well. Now, just neither here nor there.
2: That's that's next week's trash. Either me or Pete will do it in your honor.
1: Well, that could have been something, you know, a Connor or a Rubinoff or a Pete had to take care of. But I didn't, and there was no fuss, no argument, no nothing. I'm only bringing this up now because you brought this up, and I'm bringing up the PGP. Yeah. That There were two moments on vacation I with no complaint whatsoever, and I really am not complaining. I I worked, so I then, all on the record, you know, when Festivus comes up in December, ah, Mirage, you know, you're real lazy here. I don't want to hear that at the end of the year. I, I am proving once again I continue to work hard on this show.
2: Sure, sure.
1: That's it. So you're fighting. You think I'm not now? <laughs> yeah. You set me up to, to uh, say all this. I wasn't. No, gonna bring no, no, no. I'm.
2: I'm just leaving the door open for the other 361 days of the year, where maybe ah. we have some more ammunition of the laziness. That's all.
1: Hold on here.
2: Much like, <laughs> much
1: like Da on Monday's show, bringing up how he doesn't want to give the Lakers too much credit for winning when AD is out. If we're not going to give him credit for lose or kill him when they lose when AD is out. I mean, if we're going to crush me for laziness, you can't crush me when a time that I'm off, I'm doing multiple things around work. I mean, is that fair?
2: No, I mean, listen, you you are definitely right. Where I will stay say, if you don't want to say it yourself, I will say that you should have been left alone last week while you were on vacation. The things that were asked of you could have been done by somebody else. I'll say that. That's fine. and I wouldn't have – I would have been – you know a little perturbed if it was me being asked to do those things while I was on vacation even if it was like an 8 day v- crisscrossing a weekend in florida vacation um but it doesn't necessarily disqualify us from making other points about your laziness because as we said this before you're you're nowhere near as lazy as we say you are i mean i think that's part of the the joke i mean it you're it's an exaggeration off a couple of small ish examples, but we're all at times lazy and we could all be called for our BS at times. So I I don't You could still be lazy at a different time, but also have been unlazy on your vacation in Florida. I think both of those things can exist. Okay. So we still okay. have the possibility at the end of the year of pointing at one or two things, but then you have better ammo now to defend yourself. So it works oh. both ways.
1: All right. I'm glad that we've circled the wagon on that. Because if I'm there's
2: amazed. another video of you sit on the couch hammered in your giant PJs asking for sexy apple pie later while you're trying to type a, you know, a, a, a topic Ten. sheet, I don't know that that means you're not lazy.
1: Hard work? Hard work on a day off, folks. Hard work. <laughs>
2: now... <laughs> It
1: should be noted, uh, uh, this show has an unbelievable ability for something major to happen and somebody be missing. We have made fun of D.A. for this forever that, you know, he takes off and the world breaks us, right? He took off the moment the sports world shut down last year in the pandemic. He took off the next day Odell Beckham Jr. is getting traded. He took off, happens to be a pushback Game 7 in the NBA Finals. He's not there to react to it the next morning. I take off. And Tom Brady mentions me or mentions a tweet from the network in his freaking Twitter. Uh, shout out to the haters of sports radio story. I cannot believe still this happened. And that's why there's just a couple things I have to break down because I ha- it's it's old news now. It's well over a week old. I guess maybe close to two weeks old now that this happened. I was off, couldn't react to this and you guys then had to react to it because, of course, how do you not, at the ridiculousness of it, which ended up then setting off my parents, both of which texted me up a yeah. storm as I'm trying to choke down yet another waffle on vacation and tell them it's not that big a deal. So let's just seven-layer dip this thing here quickly. My reaction to Tom Brady mentioning me, or mentioning the network again, this is the the crucial part, because it was a CBS Sports Radio tweet that featured a quote of mine that wasn't even from the show, it was from my Up the Gut blog column, whatever you want to make fun of it about. Number one, my reaction would be, what a loser Tom Brady is for putting out the video to begin with, and having to w- dig deep for tweets that would include that one from up the gut, I'm more than happy he did it because it gave me a little recognition. But it's so ridiculous. Yes, I was wrong on a take, but I don't know. Did you did you include a video with everybody kissing your ass as the defense carried the Bucks to a Super Bowl? He probably didn't. So I thought, A, a little pathetic by Brady. B, if you think that I'm going to respond to every hater going, ha-ha, Brady got you, you're wrong. Brady got me what? Brady gave me the best bit of ammunition and recognition I could ask for it's Tom Brady and he included my Twitter handle in a video that was one of the best things that ever happened to me I joked it might be the best day of my life so that's my <laughs> reaction I loved it I couldn't get enough of it you were actually the one that broke the news to me bogus because you tweeted saying oh my god I hadn't even seen it before you had it and within minutes my phone was blowing up so career-wise Tom freaking Brady including a quote from me in up the gut. A column we've made fun of for the amount of dips I've featured is just all kinds of perfect. So that that is my number one part of this dip, if you will, as we dip into this story of Brady. Number two, I want to get your reaction, not the UNDA crushing the fact that I'm a buffoon, my column. Just the, like, I, I need to hear the crazy, like, is it just crazy that Brady actually included this or his team included this?
2: But this is like this is why he's him, right? Because it makes no sense. Because on one hand, we're told constantly how it's all business, and he's sitting there and he's locked in, and it's always about practice and meetings and tape study and talking to his teammates and eating right and working out. It's all business. Yet he's has time to be scanning social media, looking for ammunition, or at the very least he's okay with people that work for him, scanning social media for motivation for him, and then him okaying it in video form, being released, saying nanny nanny poo poo to all of you guys. I mean, it really is pathetic, which is part of me and DA's frustration, is that we couldn't sit there that morning and just destroy him for being pathetic because he included you and then made it a new headline that we had to talk about your inclusion in this pathetic video. But all that being said, like that's why these guys are who they are. On top of the talent and the drive, they have this insane ability, so to speak, to yeah. make anything into a negative. Anything that they have to disprove and attack. I mean, you've I'm sure you've you've read the stories of Michael Jordan. Yeah, like he just there are guys who said I wasn't talking to him. And he'd go, what'd you just say? And then be mad at me. Like, he manufactured trash talk from other guys to get more. Like, that's insane. And whether Tom Brady is looking at those things or having them compiled and given to him or, again, just okaying the video's existence, like, it's all insane. But it's also why he still gets mad about being drafted 199 Like he, that's his fuel to be Tom Brady.
1: You're absolutely 100% right in everything you said, which now will bring us to the next layer of this dip in in-depth, which was that you guys took it to a level where you basically turned into a making fun of me for uh, whatever, multiple segments. I heard a lot of it, and I laughed at a lot of it, uh, probably most of it, and I want to just be on the record before we discuss my parents of saying, if, Tom, if any of you, DA, Bogus, Pete, the body, Heck, even Andrew Kaplan I'll include... I'll include Connor Green in a Green Party. If any of you got included with a quote you had about Brady and Brady's message to the haters... I would have been the first one on mic absolutely finding a way to poke fun at you guys as part of how crazy it is. So I have zero issue with anything you guys said because I laughed at a lot of it. It is funny. You know, you think about the column and the fact that the network tweeted this, of all the things to tweet, the ridiculousness of it. I think you guys were on point. I thought it was very funny radio. But boy, oh boy, Papa Mraz and Mama Moraz not happy. Bob the Deli Man, first time he wasn't happy with the show. And I guess I've been asked by D.A., to explain their unhappiness. So I'll let you respond to their unhappiness. First of all, let's just start at the base layer of this. They're my parents, okay? And they're very proud of me. I remember there's a time where I'm only applying to Duke and I know I won't get in and I'm waiting to <laughs> apply to community college the last year and a half. They knew that I was kind of a bit of a class clown, but I think that. The fact that they see me now and that I've worked, I have worked hard, worked a lot of weird hours, the overnights and the weekends, had had my own show for twelve weeks, the pork store, they're they're proud of me. They like bragging about me to their sisters and brothers and friends. That you know, oh, uh, you know, my son, you, know, you can hear him on the radio, and and they love it, and they love the show, and they and they do generally like you two, and they think we have a good show. But I think in this specific moment. Because obviously in my family text chat, you know, when my brother-in-laws or sister's boyfriends, whatever you want to call them, they all get married soon anyway, start texting. This is unbelievable. My dad sees it and his coworkers are going up to him saying, did you see Brady mention your son? To them, they think that's an apex proud moment, although the take is obviously wrong and that's why Brady's going after me. But they, in their mind, they're going, Tom Brady mentioned me. This is great not just for me. It's great for the show because of we're the only show that has a member of the show in general On CBS Sports Radio, gets tied to this Brady video, and I think they were tuning in, hoping that it would be a real chance to just absolutely shred Brady that he went this low and went after it. Instead, they felt like the shredding was really after me, and I think you know, taking shots at the column I write, which I guess they're proud that I'm still, you know, passionate about writing sports. When I know that the column, as much as I work very hard on it, it's kind of a wink-wink, I have fun with it, with the foods of the week. I got all your jokes. I think for them, they looked at it as they were excited that something great had happened for the show with Brady and were looking very much to making fun of Brady talk and instead got more making fun of me while I was not there to defend myself, and it really rubbed them the wrong way. That was genuine. They were not happy with it.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I completely get it as parents. I mean, I've, I've had this battle with, with my mom. I've said it more than once. I mean, she still, like, is angry about the whole stop doing play-by-play, you're never... it's Like, like that's <laughs> still... And i had to like, talk her off of that ledge because it's just... It's sweet but irrational in, like, 14 different ways because she doesn't get to be madder about anything that I get to be mad at. And, like, it, I, I, it was addressed it was handled it was funny it was for the show like and it certainly was not a thing as long as she was making it a thing right. so I get and I'm sure like I'm gonna go to bat for my kids like this as well what's amazing to me is the level of support that your mom and dad have for you where you can do no wrong you did no wrong in this situation at all and that that's that's not what my point my point is like I'm like it's almost like a, I'm, I'm envious of it because like the two or three times in my life where I've really messed up, like my mom and dad have let me know about it. Like, and and like, I feel like they, when I've, it, it's definitely been my fault, it's right. been my fault and they've let me know about it. The the lengths that you're, I mean, again, your mom defended your dad's mustache movements because of something <laughs> that DJ Tommy D said. Like, that's that's amazing to me. Like that level of commitment and love like is, is just nuts. So- um but in the moment, like I was not expecting that morning that we were gonna anger your parents so much that your mom was gonna message DA because I I thought it was clear that it was being funny and yeah. and it wasn't meant to be negative and also too like it like it's great for the show, but it wasn't an accomplishment, so to speak, because no. like we didn't apply to be included in that or anything like that. So I mean it was just it was just like complete, complete luck and out of nowhere it happened and it happened to you, not to me, not to DA, not to Pete, not to anybody. So it just – it made perfect sense that you would be involved in that. And, of course, we would have, have to have a ton of fun about it.
1: And I tried explaining this to my parents too. Like when you guys talked about the resume, of a course, happens. like think about it. I, I had that moment with Aaron freaking Rogers where he told me to get away from him in a bar. Now I've had a moment with Tom Brady. I, I have had <laughs> – not and, and earned is weird, right? Like, so people want to use the word luck. I have had just outrageous now moments with star NFL quarterbacks,
2: but but I said this during the show. Like, there, there, obviously, there's luck. I mean, again, you just anyone, a million of us have said bad things about Tom Brady, right. and the, however many people were reflected in that video, whether it's I, whatever it is, like you're all lucky, quote unquote, that 100%. it was picked up and put in there. And I get, but that. but but you worked yourself in position. To be on the radio, to have whoever take your column and send out that tweet under CBS Sports Radio to get their attention. You worked to be at the Super Bowl, to have Aaron Rodgers elbow you in the face. So, like, there's luck involved for sure, but you put yourself in position to benefit from the luck, from the universe, from the good karma. Right.
1: And, and this is what I tried to explain to my parents. I said, Look, I, I have, mom, there's no denying. Him my career i've had a blast i love what i do i love this show i wouldn't still be here doing this i could have easily not easily but i you know i could have explored moving and leaving new york and and going and trying to do something in a, in a small market somewhere and had some, fun. I could have gone that route, but I, I enjoy being close to home. I enjoy that. I've been able, very fortunate to be aligned with DA, where he has given me a platform and my career has grown. I've been able to become my own personalities because of that. I am so grateful and thankful. And I try to explain to my parents that all the time. I go, but part of the deal is we're going to bust each other's chops. And by the way, if we're not doing that, the, the show is not going to be as great. Like, part of the beauty of the show is just ragging on each other. Like, that, th- to me, I think that's part of great morning radio. And, hello, I've been doing it to all of you guys forever. Anytime I can bust DA's chops, I do it tentatively because I know he's still got the biggest spoon in the uh, in the kitchen, if you will. Anytime I can bust you or make fun of Pete, I, I do it every day. So, if it gets done back to me, I can't be the your rubber, I'm glue guy. I, I got to. I got to be able to take my lumps and and I think sometimes they lose sight of that. So I am here to try to explain that my parents are not Annie Apple. I don't want them to come off that way. I am not gonna. (laughs) I'm not gonna just. It's
2: amazing that's your worst fear, by the way. That that woman has come to embody everything you don't want your parents to be.
1: Right? Because I bash (laughs) all these other parents that are too heavily involved all the time, and I don't want that to come across. I understand that my parents are very supportive and all of that. So yes, the answer in the end, yes, they were angry at the way the show approached handling the Brady and me segment. I was not angry with it because I would expect no less while I was out, and I found it very funny. But I needed all that on the record because it was again, it was something that was broached, teased, and discussed. So now you guys all know it's all out there. That's what went down last week with the Brady thing.
2: Man, I still have not met Nancy or Bob the Deli Man. That first meeting, whenever it is, that's it's going to be awkward. Well,
1: you didn't meet them when you came to my thirtieth birthday party
2: uh i mean maybe i met them but I, i've never had a re and that was very early in all of this so like right, there's yeah. a lot more ammunition now for your <laughs> for your mom to still be angry at me with so Good we'll point. see what, what the next one is well like. look so we definitely pretty... did meet but i feel like right. that was different circumstances since then there's been a lot of times where your mom has cursed me out in attack so we'll go so we'll see how the next one goes
1: let's face it this pandemic will end at some point hopefully soon most of us will be vaccinated at some point soon and we will finally have that roundtable sit down, which frankly, Cat might have to come and broadcast on Twitch. Da and Bogus meet <laughs> meet with the Mrazes, and we basically get a half an hour roundtable aired out discussion. That might bake for great oh. extra content on the show.
2: Something oh, to it'll be be like up a Bravo there. reunion when they, they see <laughs> a new season ends. <laughs> We're all sitting around in fancy clothes, screaming at each other.
1: <laughs> Real housewives of the Da show. Oh boy! <laughs> all right, folks. Well, that's been fun. You could check you on Twitter.
2: At Andrew Bogish.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CBS. Have a great week.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of
1: law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
0: That clock at four. Donchich. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at TMobile.com/AcrossAmerica. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card, left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier, and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.